Welcome to the Space for Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dominique Pritchett. And today I am joined by Chanel Baptiste. How are you? How are you? Thank you for having me. I am well, and thank you for being here. Y'all, let me introduce our guests. Chanel is a barrier-breaking, master's-level, no BS, licensed professional counselor providing mental health and wellness services to BIPOC, LGBTQIA+, foster, and adoptive families, as well as formerly incarcerated individuals, virtually through her private practice, which is called Choosing Empowerment. Chanel uses the power of choice and the power of healthy relationships to fuel her mission to provide access to those who need it most. Also, she is a speaker, author, and leader in her community. Welcome again. Thank you. Thank yes. you so much. That was very well done, I might say. Oh, you can take that as a sound bite later because you go get the record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For this episode, we will be chatting about the choice is yours. Choose wisely. First and foremost, when you ain't out here shining in your glory, looking fabulous and slaying stages, what do you like to do for fun? When I'm not out here slaying and therapizing and all that good stuff, I like music. Mm. Well, even before I got on here today, I was like, some music so I can jam, I put my makeup on and all that kind of stuff. What's your go-to? What's your go-to to jam? Oh, I like Neo Soul. I like the old school. I like the 70s. You know, I'm my 72 baby. Rock steady. Mm-hmm. You know, rock mm-hmm. steady baby. Mostly. When I Mostly. think of music... That's what I think about when I hear music. Right. And and right. I'm I'm not throwing shade to nobody that's nowadays. Right. Okay. Right. Recently right. I went to Chicago to one of these places where they have intimate musical performances and Liz mm-hmm. Wright was there. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Liz Wright? Yes. Yes. This is just as amazing as she was ten however many years ago. She got me through right. college. Word. Yeah. My daughters, they sing too. My biological daughters, mm-hmm. I, I have adopted daughters as well. My daughter just said a few weeks ago, like, I realized I haven't been, I've been in a funky mood because I haven't been singing. Mm. And I'm like, yes. So, and she notices that does it for me and and my youngest. And we get in here and get to harmonizing and jamming and everything is better when we're doing that. The vibe in the house is super high. And so, so it's, that's, that's how I regulate. <laughs> put my headphones on. If I don't want to be bothered, just put my headphones on and just jam out just depending on what mood i'm in might be some r&b it might be some neo soul mm-hmm. and all jill scott and india area two of my favorites they might they, they, they speak they my to my soul broadly speak to my soul okay you know like you can't vibrate higher than that when you think about being a therapist i like to think of it as soul work how did you start your journey as a therapist when i think of therapy i think of it as soul work one, it is filling to my soul. And two, people are giving us access to the deepest parts of their life. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us what has been your journey to becoming a therapist and how did you know that was the, a good choice? It was the only choice. Ooh, more? This is, this is, I tell people this is who I am and not what I do. Because at seven years old, I was like, I want to be a child psychiatrist. I didn't even know what a child psychiatrist was. So where did that thought come from? I don't even know. It could have been from TV or something. I don't know. I really don't know. 
but I remember saying it. And I don't remember a lot of my childhood, but I remember that moment. And I just think from there, I just started operating in it. And I was always helping somebody. And I was always somebody's shoulder to lean on. And, you know, and I've never been one to like tell other people's business. So, you know, they had confidentiality with me anyway. It went to high school. You know, I was the one that knew everybody's business mm. and nobody else knew it from me, mm. <laughs> you know, because I was keeping all the secrets, you know, and I was easy to talk to. I just, I nurtured that thing. And that's, that's all I've ever known that I've wanted to do. And I've had moments where that was challenged and going to school for psychology. People are like, you're not going to make no money in there. I was like, well, I'm still not changing my major. Though. Yeah. Um, and- along that journey, it took me. 13 years to get my bachelor's degree in and out of school. I took a break, did some, you know, did some work in, in, in the field with, with social stuff and being a foster parent and working for different companies. Wound up losing the job and I and I stopped saying I lost that job. You know, it was time for that transition. And then I went back to school and, and, and got this master's and started working toward that. Uh, I've loved every moment of the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. But and every, I, I like to add in the they, ugly as hell, too. For real, ugly as hell. Mm. But I realized like, there is nothing wasted in the creator's economy. What were some of the challenges you faced? So it took you 13 years to get your bachelor's, mm-hmm. then your master's. What were some of the, the uh, mental challenges you faced? I think a lot of it with most of my life has been like just self-worth, not believing that I could do it. Still doing, trying it, but still not believing. Because growing up, my mother own hurt and pain was very demeaning and didn't make me feel valuable. Even though I was the one thing, also I was taking care of household, taking care of her, taking care of uh, my siblings, but I didn't, she didn't show me that I had value. And so I've walked most of my life not feeling seen or heard or understood. Yeah. You know, and so that I think has been my biggest challenge. Yes. I can imagine those of you that are listening Many of you have been in a position where you have been in an inverted hierarchy. So parentification, that's what it is. You become your parents, caretaker, confidant, parent to your other siblings. Reason why I know about this, I wrote a 235 plus page doctoral dissertation on parentified adolescents, but the focus was helping them rewrite their trauma narrative through expressive art. And so when you said that, that stood out to me because I too share that as part of my story of, but when do I get to be a kid? Yes. Yes. So your value was only tied to how much you could do for people and what you did for people. And what I did for people. And that has followed me. Mm -hmm. That has followed me. I still have to tap in, get out of the struggle of it because I still have to check that subconscious Mm -hmm. part. But okay, I'm taking care of you too much. Wait a minute. These some grown people in here. Y'all can take care of your own. Grown, grown. Grown, grown. I just did. I had a whole conversation and, and almost a panic attack a few mm-hmm. days ago about responsibility. I just kept getting hit in the word responsibility. That is not my responsibility and stuff. And, and it makes you a super people pleaser. Because if I'm not doing something for somebody else, they're not going to like me. They're not going to love me. I don't feel good. But I have to take care of me first. It's okay to take care of other people. But not to your demise. Right. Yeah. And that literally was how I was doing every relationship. Yeah. Every every relationship, every and, and all relationships, not just intimate relationships, but like with the kids, with the ex-husband, with a job. I didn't know how to leave a job. The creator had to fire me a thousand times because it was time to go. I know it was time to go, but I wouldn't go. And my therapist called asked me, 
why do you go down with the ship? I was like, oh, you got me on that one, bro. What did mm-hmm. you say? I, I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know at the time. You know, and she helped me to navigate and figure out that need, again, that need to be needed. And I realized my mom had the same need because then I said all the time, my mom is, I need you to need me. Because as we grew up, as we got older and became more independent, and of course I've been independent. Unfortunately, it fueled in her more envy and jealousy as I was making my way. I was doing the things. And so she was attacking. What you were doing, you were disrupting those generational patterns. Absolutely. I was just having a conversation last night. I was on a committee call for this organization I'm a member of, and we're we're planning our upcoming calendar for mental health, physical health, and awareness events. A person naturally stated, I think we should really focus on breaking generational curses. And I let them finish. And to the, with the best of my ability, I said, we are cursing ourselves. Come on. Come on, sis. That whole we've been told, it, it keeps going in the family. We today are talking about the choice is yours. Choose wisely. And when we keep choosing, we do have a choice. We And yes. I understand, y'all, resources are different. People are in Thank unhealthy you. situations. And like you mm-hmm. said, it still shows up. We are not exempt from being so damn human, but we do mm-hmm. have a choice of what kind of human-ish we're going to practice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. You have to choose to be, you mm. have to choose to get, you got to choose to reach out for help. Everything is a choice. Everything. When you say that, what is some of the pushback you get? Because I can imagine people are like, you just making it sound easy, but but a choice starts here. Here. That's, 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 that's the simplest part of it though. Is I'm going to choose to do or be better. What do you I'm say to, to pushback? It's, it's make excuses. Well, this is just how I am. I don't even know what to do, but I still got to make the choice to begin with. Much of the pushback is just people making excuses and not wanting to do the work that's necessary. Or they don't want to feel, because you got to feel the pain in order, you got to go back and feel the pain. Mm -hmm. Because you never allowed yourself to feel the pain. We block it out or we disassociate or we get into something else or find some distraction to not deal. You got to go through it to get to the end. You can't go over it, under it, around it. You have to go Right. I think that speaks to really breaking the word choice apart, choosing wisely. We operate starting with thoughts. Our thoughts right. impact our feelings or emotions. Mm-hmm. Then we, we act it out. Either we do or we don't do. Thoughts, feelings, and actions. When we are talking about choose, it is you getting to the point where you're no longer in denial that your ish is messed up. It don't feel good. He ain't good for you. And mom and him can be a loving from way over there. Thank you. (laughs) And so so that choice is not a sign of weakness because you, you're you not ready to proceed. But are you going to choose to admit this ain't healthy and you're not well? Yeah. Yeah. People don't want to be wrong. Hmm. They don't They we and we're conditioned that way. You know, don't make mistakes. Don't mess up. Don't fail. But every piece of that is building you. Right. Every piece of that is a learning experience. You get something out of it. And I think a lot of it is connected to the grief and loss of the thing, because if I get better and the people around me not getting better um, in some aspect, I'm going to lose them. I mean, it's not attached to your identity. So much based in our identity. So much based in our identity. Who am I if I'm not Cheryl's daughter? Come on now. Who am I if I'm not my daughter's mother? As a matter of fact, like 
I love my therapist because she gave me this assignment a couple of years ago. Draw a circle, cut it up into a pie. And she said, I want you to put caregiver in one section. Now I want you to fill up the rest of those spaces with who you are outside of taking care of and caring for other people. It took me two years and I think I still got one section to go. And it was hard because you're like, I can't use therapist. I can't use mom. I, I can't use anything that means I'm doing for other people. What am I doing for me? Who am I outside of that? I took a trip by myself to California. Uh, first time I had really been alone with no responsibility for nobody else. It was weird. It was so weird. I had to sit in it. But then I was able to put traveler mm. on that thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I realized how it was going to take, I was going to have to live this thing in order to fill that out. That wasn't an overnight assignment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning that. Yeah, I'm learning First of all, I love your therapist that she is uh, giving you those tangible activities. And that's one of my favorite activity I do annually for myself to make sure I'm still living out loud and I give to my clients. So I love that exercise. It really does challenge us to who am I outside of my tie to other people? That's how we start choosing to shift the narrative and the language around, oh, these are generational curses that's holding me down. When you get to start putting your life pie together, you start disrupting those narratives. In our world, we call certain things schemas, your worldview of what it looks like Mm. to have historical and generational stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is possible to imagine it and it's possible to live it. Thank and you. here's the thing, y'all. We have been taught our whole life, go be focused, take care of take care of them. Schedule your daydream time. If on, you man. are not ready to make that shift towards disruption, schedule your daydream time, your mindfulness time. I just want to sit in it time. Mm-hmm. And allow yourself to do it. Do it. Give yourself permission to feel. We live most of our lives not feeling a thing. Was there ever a time where you didn't allow yourself to do that? And why? Oh, sis. Come on. (laughs) I I lived not in my body. (laughs) And to an extent, that's that pouring into other people thing. I realized as much as I adore my adopted girls, I realized that was a trauma response for me to take on so many kids. I adopted five kids along with my two. That was giving me meaning. So... Anything I was doing for other people, I was allowing that to define who I was and how I operated and, and, and give me value. So when certain things start going south, I looked at myself and was like, what am I doing wrong? Not even considering that it could be a situation thing or maybe it's the other person, too. Or no, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I can't do this thing. What's wrong with me? And I had to start stepping back from that and saying that there's not that there doesn't need to be growth or there's something I shouldn't learn or do. But it's not in totality. I'm not a failure because this thing didn't work out. It didn't work out because maybe one supposed to work out. It take two or it take five. <laughs> what you're talking about is looking at our behaviors because even through good stuff, it still has mm-hmm. meaning. Looking at why you keep volunteering for stuff. Why you keep staying, <laughs> oh, I'll take it on. I'll drive out as we're healing. I-N-G. If anybody has the audacity to put an E-D at the end of heal. No, never. Okay. Okay. Always healing. Yeah. Always healing. Always healing because the world, just look at what's happening around the world. The world is happening in front of our eyes. As you uh, look at even the good things that you do to serve your community and make an impact, 
take a step back and ask yourself the powerful question, which we do well, why? Why am I doing this for? A lot of times, you know, like it's all twisted. Oh, it makes me feel okay, but why? Let's go deeper. Why? why? Yeah, you got to get deeper into that. Mm-hmm. I, I did a good job as you know a mom and and pride myself on being a mom of many, not just my own children. That also became a part of my mission. I think subconsciously as a kid, I need to be better than my mom. Mm-hmm. I got to be better than this. This this part got to change. That became my identity. I couldn't see outside of that. And so if a kid was screwing up, it had to be my fault. It had to be somebody. Sometimes they just wasn't making the choice themselves. Yep. You Most know? interesting about when we subconsciously try hard, like breaking our neck and back to be the person we said we'll never become. When I was in my mm-hmm. therapy journey in a college, that's when I had a major mental breakdown. I was trying so hard to be this trauma disruptor that I inadvertently started doing things my mama did. I was angry at the world and I blamed other people. I was drinking heavily my first two years in college because, yes, I just didn't want to feel. When you're talking about just being out of your body, boy, have I been there. Mm. That whole subconscious thing where we're trying hard not to repeat things, slow down. The acronym I love to use, and y'all know I use a lot of acronyms for just for the sake of just recall, just stop, Mm. stop. As you stop, you have to state what's actually happening. Like, I'm try- I don't want to feel. I want to be disconnected to the world. And then mm. when you slow down and stop, you get to take inventory of, damn, I feel that all in my back, in my body, in my thigh, in that area. Mm. I feel it. Come on. Up. Come on. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. state what's happening. Take inventory. What are my options? I can keep going. I can keep staying out, but I want to face it. I can go to therapy. I can call my sister doc or therapist. Then when we start exploring our options, because remember, trauma is a tricky little heifer. And she will make you think you can't do nothing else but shut down. Yeah, it'll just lay down heavy on you. Thank you. And so that P and stop is identifying when to pivot, when to choose wisely to do it differently. I like that. Yeah. I'm stealing. Don't go borrow. Don't you got it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. I love that. And when you start changing and you start playing tug of war with, oh, I like this woman I'm becoming, now just wait. You gotta ask yourself, why am I talking? Stop doing so much explaining to people about who you are no longer as you're healing and watch Come and on. observe. Thank wait. You. Come on. Come on. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so good. That is so good. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, you did all of that. You have to stop. You did you that. To, yeah. You know, that definitely describes every step of that game. You just, you know, when you put it in a framework like that to be able to see it mm-hmm. and see, okay, so these are the things that I had to do in order to make this transition into who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and that piece of it not being, Stop explaining all the stuff to people. Uh, my favorite phrase that people say, no is a full sentence. I, I, don't, I don't need to tell you why. No. That's it. Unless you want to, no period, unless you want an exclamation point. You don't listen, then we have to get through a hell in front of it. Whatever, whatever yeah. you need. It's the soul work and it's the self. I say that therapy, your healing journey is your journey back to yourself. When we get here, outside of the DNA transfers, of our ancestors, you know, we're, we're a clean slate. 
things that happen to us in life and people trying to tell us what we should be and who we should be and how we should be and all that conditioning that messes us up. And then the bad things happen. And then your brain trying to figure out what to do with this information. You know, how do I protect myself? This is a journey back to who you really are, your true self. You know, when you said identity earlier, so much is wrapped up in our identity and who we are, Mm -hmm. you know, who we are in other people's lives. And we don't know who we are in our own lives. Mm -hmm. It's hard to look in the mirror and see the person you want to see, the person that's really on the inside of you, but you ain't seen that person in so long, you, you didn't recognize it before, right? It's like looking for a stranger. When you reach a certain level, you recognize this This is who I've always been, like tucked down inside. Before mama said, shut up, I don't want to hear that singing. Before daddy was like, I'm not helping you with your homework. Don't be stupid. Before those negative things, those negative impacts, you know, before your first heartbreak <laughs> before all of those bad things or i'm gonna say bad in quotations um because they're not really bad they're just their lessons that you know and we reflect everybody around you is a, a, some sort of reflection of something on the inside of you you need to see where you connect in that as you're describing getting back to a version of you that didn't have all this this judgment and the hurt put on you i want y'all to really listen and replay that part because obviously logically we know we can't go back but what you're describing from what i'm listening to is getting back to when you probably felt more regulated when you right. didn't know that oh i'm a piece of crap right <laughs> getting back to peeling back that onion that's what i'm hearing you say yeah yeah when you talk about the why and you talk about why I do a certain thing, why did I go down with the ship? Cause I felt unworthy. Cause I felt not well outside of these other people. Society says I needed to get married and I needed to stay married and work it out and figure it out. If he ain't beating you and he ain't cheating on you, then I don't know why you leaving. Cause I'm unhappy. <laughs> Cause I ain't do this for the right reasons and the right purpose. Because I thought I was supposed to, mm. rather than what do I want? What do I need? What am I looking for in the mate? Well, who am I? How do I know what I'm looking for in the mate? I don't even know myself yet. But I need this. I need a marriage. I need a baby. I need to conform to societal standards and norms. And yeah, it goes without saying. And we hold so much empathy for people who are in complex and complicated situations. Mm-hmm. Complex and complicated. And as we reflect on what's happening around the world, like domestic violence and all the uprisings, many times we have to do it scared. We have to do it scared. Yeah. But do know when we choose, there are risks and there are consequences. The consequence can play in your favor or you, you you might bump your head a little bit. As we get ready to wrap up, what's the message you want to leave us with in terms of the work you do at your practice, therapy. Give us a little bit of a takeaway. I am no BS because we've been BS for too long. Don't BS yourself. You can, I know, I'm sure people have heard when, when somebody's trying to tell you a thing and they're trying to convince you, but you already know who you're trying to convince, me or you? Who are you trying to convince? It starts with not BSing yourself. Be real with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Look in the mirror. Figure out who you are. Look at your eyeballs. See in your soul. And be comfortable there. Be comfortable. 
Cause that, and that, that's how we get that. And like, I don't know how to love myself. Start by looking at yourself. Start by being with yourself, sitting with yourself, you know, recognizing what thoughts do I have? What feelings do I have? Am I present in my body? Like you said earlier, you know, where do I feel this feeling physi- physiologically? All right. Because it's all connected. You know, your spiritual, your mental, your you know, emotional, all of that is connected and one affects the other. So if you're not paying attention to you, then it's hard for you to change anything. You can't stay in denial about it. Mm-hmm. Can't change what you don't acknowledge. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Please share with our audience where they can find you on the socials and in the world. All right. I'm on all the socials. I'm even TikToking, y'all. <laughs> it's most of them are at Choosing Empowerment. My website is choosingempowerment.com. The podcast is FTBS Podcast. That's F the BS. Keep an eye out. Pay attention to the website and the socials because I got lots of stuff about to pop off because I'm a disruptor. Mm-hmm. And that's how we heal the people. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, download, and share. Got a topic you want us to cover? Don't hesitate to send us a message. We welcome you to subscribe to our email list and connect with us across social media platforms to stay in the know about Space for Sisters.